Hi, I am Nicole J. Georges. I am a queer, feminist, vegan cartoonist, teacher, and advice columnist living in Portland, Oregon, with my half-blind chihuahua, Ponyo Georges. <coughs> Welcome to our podcast, Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the Today on Sagittarian Matters, advice for the corporate world, plus the time Issa Chandra Moskowitz almost got killed right before my very eyes. Stay tuned. Hi. So I am the only woman in a corporate environment, and I want to know... How can I constructively tell my boss, who is male, that my colleague, who is also male, is really difficult to work with? The men I work with are all really, really great people, but collectively it can feel a little like madmen in graphic tees. Thanks for your help. Hi, corporate listener. Thank you for your question. It was a great one. You might think that even though I sleep till 10 o'clock in the morning and draw cartoons all night... I might be a weird person to ask for corporate advice, but you would be wrong because I have some great answers for you. First of all, I outsourced this to my sister who works in corporate America and has for a very long time. My sister says, the only thing from my experience I could offer is to keep gender out of it if possible when discussing with the male boss and keep it all business, nothing personal. I agree wholeheartedly. That is true. So I have a three-pronged approach for you. Prong one, my sister's advice. Prong two, my advice. My advice is for you to walk into your boss's office, calm, assertive, channeling the dog whisperer, channeling Oprah Winfrey, non-emotional, and you're going to stick to the facts. The facts you're going to stick to when you're complaining about your coworker are the behaviors, not the person, not a personal attack, just talking about the behaviors because that's the thing that's causing the problem. Uh, And of course, before you talk to your boss, you must have talked to your colleague and they're higher up, right? Right. Okay. So you're walking in there, having already done that groundwork, you are talking about the behaviors in a calm, assertive way, and then you have an outcome or a solution in your head, Um, something that you would like your boss to help you work towards for a better work environment. You know, with all this said, these behaviors are happening. What could happen to make things more efficient and to make you a better worker and to make your team thrive? That's the kind of thing you want to work towards with your boss as your helper. Uh, So that's my advice. The other thing I want to tell you is anything that can be destroyed by the truth deserves to be destroyed by the truth. So if you go in there and you are super professional, super calm, assertive, you tell your boss these things, you have a positive outlook towards a solution, and your boss is still an asshole and responds like a frat boy... That is just valuable information your boss has given you. And it's better you know it sooner than later because you know when the chips are down what kind of place you work for. And that could be valuable information for you when you're deciding, I don't know, what works for you and how to live. So that's my advice for you. Um, I want to tell you that the third prong to this advice is I looked in my advice book by Emily Post and she wrote five steps for dealing with a difficult situation. This could be you dealing with the coworker directly. One, stay calm, avoid anger in your actions or words. Already said that. Two, stick to the facts. Done. 
When you get away from the facts and start going into suppositions, you will be seen as unfair and the conversation will degenerate into a defense of each person's position instead of advancing towards a solution. (sighs) It also undermines your credibility. Three, ask for the other person's perspective or opinion. That's nice. Get their perspective and listen carefully. He may have a valid point you haven't considered previously. Four, propose your solution. Be willing to negotiate to find a mutually agreeable solution. And five, ask for the other person's buy-in. This is the most important step. Without the person's buy-in at the end of the conversation, nothing has changed. Tom, are you okay with this approach? That's it. So, A, my sister's advice, keep gender out of it, comma, assertive. B, my advice, dog whisperer, Oprah, uh, truth, be cool, use I statements, focus on the behavior. Three, the five steps for dealing with difficult situations. Um, get some buy-in, give your boss a high five, and you're done. Okay, good luck to you, and please send me some of your money. Goodbye. Isa Moskowitz is vegan royalty. Some refer to her as the queen of veganism. She's at least a duchess. She's written many, many, many vegan cookbooks, including Vegan with a Vengeance, Veganomicon, Vegan Cupcakes to Go Over the World, and Issa Does It. She owns two vegan restaurants called Modern Love, one in Nebraska, one opening soon in New York, and we co-hosted Vegan Iron Chef together a few years ago. Please enjoy my conversation with Queen of Veganism, Issa Moskowitz. Isa. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Sagittarian Matters. Oh, that's what this is called. Oh, yeah. What is your sign? I need to ask you. I don't believe in it. And I wasted like my I, I should be brilliant. But instead, I wasted like my early teen years studying astro- um, astrology. Uh-huh. So I'm so I don't I can't talk about it. Oh, my God. Well, what do you want to guess? I want to get do I want to guess? Well, I would I mean, you're very hardworking, so I feel like there must be Capricorn somewhere in your chart. But I find you to be a fiery person, so I wonder. If, yet, I wonder if you're something more fiery. Maybe you I'm have not. some Leo in your chart. I don't. Okay. I actually, I actually shouldn't know this, but my rising sun and moon are all the same, <gasps> as well as ten of my houses. Scorpio. No. What? What is it? I know. See, it doesn't matter because it's not true. Can I just find your birthday on Facebook? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to go back in time, not to when you were an astrology wizard, <laughs> but just so you know, I'm a Sagittarius. But back, two things when we first met. A, you almost died. Yes. And then later, I almost had a heart attack. Okay. When you almost died, can we set the scene of this? We don't have to say where it was. Okay. Unless you want to. But you can find that on Yelp. You could. Did you write it on Yelp? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Sort of. (laughs) But yeah, we don't have to say where it was. But yeah, do you want to set the scene? I feel like that's like your department. We were at a vegan restaurant, a vegetarian restaurant in Portland. That a lot of vegans went to. I was sitting. Brunch. I was sitting at brunch adjacent to you, but not with you. But I was alone as usual. Yeah. 
I was with Sister Spit. They were coming through town. So it was like seven of us or eight of us all having breakfast at this vegetarian cafe that I like. And then Issa, who happens to be a, a vegan the queen? Um, I believe that is my title. Queen Regent. The queen, the queen of veganism, whatever region you're in. The, the Cersei of veganism. Yeah. That's a Game of Thrones reference. I don't know it. All right. But I'm just going to roll. I'll roll with it because I bet a lot of people. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> and you were sitting there and you were literally reading like veg news or some kind of vegan magazine. There. Yeah, sounds about right. I think it's Vegetarian Times. And then all of a sudden there was a sound. To me, it sounded like a gunshot. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And then I looked. It was a hit. And you were kind of like back in your seat and maybe there was glass everywhere. Yeah. What happened from your perspective? I didn't know. Like, I thought that we were bombed. Like, I was like, I didn't know that it was just me. So it was just I didn't know. So all I knew is I had just been smacked on the head with a very heavy object. There was glass all over me. And I didn't know what it was or what happened. So I was just kind of in shock. And I didn't know if anybody around me was hurt. So I was just kind of like trying to take it in and seeing, like, I really didn't think it was just me. I thought it was everybody. So I was just kind of like assessing like my situation and seeing if anybody else was hurt. Well, so it was a light fixture. Did the light fixture hit you in the head? Yes. I didn't know it a hit very, you in the fucking head. Yeah, it hit me in the head. A very heavy, one of those like vintage metal with heavy yellow glass light fixture fell from the ceiling. The metal part hit me in the head, broke on my head. <laughs> but thanks to veganism, I was fine. Thank. I mean, if but, you had been a meat eater, probably you'd be dead right now. Yeah, like, but my yeah, my B twelve kept me going. All my iron. <laughs> All my protein just, like, made my head completely impenetrable. So we looked yeah, at, so, like, you I opened glass. my eyes and, yeah, and you guys were all around me. <laughs> Maybe I had met you somewhere else, but I can't remember where. No, we had, we had not met. Yet. We met no. then. And then you're like, I'm Lana's friend. Oh, that's what I was. I was like, who do we meet? Or, yeah, like, Lana. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. And all I remember is them being like, are you okay? Like, do you want food to go? And I was just like, I'm just going to go. And I like went outside, got on my bike and then just like broke down in tears. And Mm. like, yeah. It's so heavy. (laughs) And then I can't remember, did they give you free food for life? It was a while, but not for life. And now when I go back there, I'm kind of like, I kind of think that you should still give me free food. Yeah. You're like, here's how much the doctor visit would have been had I gone to the doctor. Yeah, I didn't even, I honestly didn't even have to go, but I was covered in glass and my friend had to come over and like, almost like I had lice, like calm my hair out so I didn't scratch my scalp. So yeah, it was like, I was like covered head to toe in glass. Who knew? I, it just seems like so unfortuitous for that restaurant, for that to happen to you in their restaurant but i still kept coming back because that's just the kind of diplomatic person i am i still go there oh yeah and also i think because vegans are very loyal to whatever place they like to go yeah it's like maybe you 
purpose, because now I'm pretty sure it was on purpose. Maybe you tried to kill me on purpose, but I'm still going to come back because I need scrambled tofu. Yeah. Why do you think they try to kill you? I mean, we'll never know, will we? Were you a threat? I guess so. They didn't want me to open a restaurant in Portland. They were like, look. They needed to take me out. This restaurant's been open for a very long time. We don't want newcomers here. Yeah. We don't need yeah. your New York business. Well, no. well, that's kind of the Portland mentality. Like, you get very threatened by other vegans. Is that what happens there? Here? There? Here? I'm just talking shit. That's okay. You could talk shit. Because you're in New York. You're like, come and get me. I'm in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the L train's not running, so how are you going to get me? We also don't have the motivation to go all the way across the country. Yeah. You know. So I'm safe here. As long as... As long as I walk very quickly when I'm in Portland, I'm safe. Yeah. And as long as you don't sit underneath, I don't sit like underneath fixtures. those things anymore. Either do I. I'm like, I'll sit at the bar. Um, yeah, totally. Okay. After that, we were, this is when I felt like I almost died. We were at a party. We were playing the game Celebrity, AKA Salad Bowl. Yes. I, we were doing so well. You were doing well. I was doing well. I got to a point where someone where I was guessing, guessing, guessing. I was doing a great job right. guessing. I was almost like I was a psychic. That's how good right. I felt like I was doing. And I couldn't guess the person that this, I couldn't guess the person that they had in their hand on the slip. And then when I lost, I was like, what the fuck? And the name was Ellen DeGeneres and Portia DeRossi's unborn child. Okay. Somebody had put that in there as a celebrity. And I was like, that doesn't even exist. They're yeah, not that's pregnant. Not that's not a person. And the person who wrote it on the slip was like, I don't know. It could be a person. And I was like, there's literally no way I could have guessed that ever because that doesn't exist. Right. You'd have to guess both of them. And then they'd have to be like their offspring. And then who knows? But they obviously weren't playing by the rules. They tried to take you out. Another hit. That was a hit on me. Yeah. After the hit on And I just... I actually still hold a grudge against that person. Was it Lana? Who wrote it? No. The person who wrote it on the slip is a friend of mine, and I still think about that often. Do you, like, not trust her with anything? Because I'd be like, like, I'm not going to let you feed my cats. I'm not going to let you come to a potluck. I'm not even going to make dinner plans with you because I don't think you'll be capable of showing up. Because you just play by your own rules. So, like, right. I actually don't even know where you're getting the rules from. Right. You're a loose cannon. So I don't, I don't, I just don't see her a lot, I guess. Yeah. You know, I think it's just best. We just both have our own worlds with our own rules. Yeah. You play celebrity the way you play it, and I will play it the right way by, with, my, with my other friends. By the rules. By the rules. <laughs> but I like because you were very assertive, and you had your own house rules that I totally respected. I was like, oh, like, I can't remember. It's like, you know, like the amount of times you can pass or, you know, this. Oh, level. Okay. Like, I actually don't believe in passes. but No, I, I don't believe in passes. But I get but people. But I think, but I would pass, if I got something like that, I would count that as a pass because the other person messed it up. They did. I would be like, this is unfair. Yeah, we're starting over. Reset, flip over the um, sand <laughs> thingy, and we're starting over. It's called the sand thingy. I heard, I've heard of a sand thingy. Yeah. Wait, I have to, I have to ask you more questions because now we're like, we're hustling through. Okay, okay, okay. We're hustling through. Okay, I have a couple of things for you. One. Hey, I have a question for Issa. How do you deal with bossy men and misogyny in the vegan community since you are such a powerful and accomplished woman? Goodbye. Oh, I would never let someone be bossy or misogynist to me. 
I mean, just, I can't even think of the last time something like that happened. But I'm just kind of like, no, we're doing it this way. I don't know. <laughs> like, just don't, I don't let it affect me on any personal level, I guess. And then just, I don't know, those pe- people are like that to me. They're, they be- instantly become non-people and not people that I'm going to deal with. I appreciate that. So, I mean, does that answer the question? I don't know. Like, yeah. if I was in a situation where somebody was being like that to me, I just wouldn't let them be that way. You just be I would like- probably immediately shut them down and move on. Yeah. Did people underestimate you at any time? Always. Really? Like, your, like, yeah. vision, you're like, I want to do this thing, and they're like, that's Oh, yeah, right. all the time, yeah. Oh, my God, it's it's kind of hysterical. And then people... Here's the thing I think that happens a lot is people are like, well, someone has to like be devil's advocate. And I'm like, they don't really just tell your honest opinion about an idea. Don't, you don't have to be devil's advocate, but all the time I have to fight for everything all the time. I really do like book titles, restaurant stuff. Like I'm always fighting for stuff. It's interesting. I'll I'll call it interesting. But then it pays off because then you get to do what you want to do. And then I can be like, I was right. See? It's very valuable for me to surround myself, not with yes men, but people that believe in me. Yeah, and I like, completely agree that that's important. I, I, <laughs> I don't know where I've gone wrong. <laughs> well, you obviously do. Cause, okay, so now you're opening your second restaurant. Yes. Much to my chagrin, it's not in Portland, but it is in New York yeah. where I go. Uh-huh. Close enough, yeah. And I even have people that aren't even vegan, they're vegan sympathizers texting me being like, modern love's going to be so close to my house. Yeah. So there's buzz happening. Good. Yeah, that must be like the 60-foot mural outside. Yeah, the 60-foot mural is the thing I think that's letting them know that it's coming. Okay, we have another question. This one's going to be really hard for you. Hi, Nicole and Panyo. I'd like to incorporate more vegan options into my diet. Any suggestions? Thanks. Yeah, go ahead and do it. (laughs) My suggestion is roasting vegetables. That's it. That's it. Oh, um, I don't. Yeah. Um, chickpeas. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I think that people eat a lot of vegan food already. They just don't, I don't know. They're not acknowledging it as vegan food because it's not like in the shape of meat. Like it's not like a fake thing. Yeah. Something else. Uh, a thicken. It's not a thicken. It's not like a drumstick that's like made of a broccoli with a stick inside. Yeah, I like all all those things. Sound great to me. Yeah, like there's a, a lot of that here. Like a sugar stick with some gluten wrapped around. Yeah, it. yeah. It just sounds like somebody like punching my stomach from the inside. Yeah, I just think, um, yeah, if you want to incorporate vegan stuff, just start eating more vegan stuff. I don't know another answer. Seems like a good answer. Cook, cooking vegan, getting a vegan cookbook. They should get Veganomicon. Cause that one's okay. I really like Issa Does It Better, but... You like it better? I don't have that one. Oh, that it's one. the best one. It is? Because it's... Yeah, because it's 10 years of experience writing recipes and just Veganomicon, I felt like I love it and the 10th anniversary edition's coming out next year, but I feel like we were trying to prove something, which we did, but the recipes aren't necessarily everyday recipes, whereas mm. Issa Does It is way more everyday. I mean, that's the kind of book it is. That makes sense. I think that I really liked about Veganomicon that it had, like, the basic, 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 basic things. Yeah. Like how to roast a vegetable. 
Yes. Before it, I mean, yeah, a lot of the recipes were next level. Like this is date night. Like I'm going and like getting yeah. like, a horde of fancy ingredients and trying something I never tried before. Yes. And making it, making things in two days ahead of time and yeah. 40 different steps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember making, was it was like eggplant moussaka. Oh and, yeah. You need like really... six trays. Yeah. Six baking trays for it. But it made me think like, wow, I really cared. Like I made it for someone I was yeah. dating who I don't even remember liking them that, that, that much, yeah. but I made it for them. I was like, I really cared. Like, this was a yeah. very elaborate thing that we made. And that's really yummy. It's really yummy. It was so good. Yeah. I think this is a good time for anyone to go vegan because vegan technology is here. I feel like it's around. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Everything I... Was there anything that you were ever like, if this thing's vegan, I'll be happy? Blue cheese. Is it? Are we there? I think so, but I actually... I Instagrammed some I saw the other day, but I didn't taste it. So I don't know. Maybe we're there. But blue cheese was like my my last thing to go to become vegan. Like a lot of people, it was ice cream, oh. but I was like, Oh no, I'll, I'll keep eating blue cheese. But I mean, how often do you eat blue cheese anyway? Uh, in but, Virginia, it's like a hot item is blue cheese, vegan blue cheese dressing. Oh yeah. But it kind of just tastes like a tangy ranch. Yeah. That's the thing is that how do you get that like stinky agedness in it? I don't know, but, but hopefully this one is, the one I saw the other day is good. But anyway, in any case, there's definitely so many amazing vegan cheeses now. I agree. I, I'm really in love with the cheese hound. Yeah, that's it's, what everybody says, and I haven't had it yet. Girl. But that's what everybody says. It is too expensive. I'm not calling you basic. I'm just saying that's what everybody says. I am basic. But okay. it, it's, it's like 20 or $25. For a jar that has two blobs of the mozzarella in it. And it's worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm a (gasps) number one miser of the world. Telling you. To do it. Yeah. Do you ever date non-vegans? Um, I have. Have Not in any serious way. It's really weird. I don't feel like I have that much crossover in my friend groups or gay people I meet of people that are vegan. So when people get to date just vegans, I'm always like, wow, what is that like? Well, there's also, I don't date very much. Yeah. So, I mean. I'm not like speed dating or like competitive dating, like the Olympics or anything. Well, um, I think all the serious relationships I've had, no, well, not all of them. Most of them have been with vegans ever since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So... That's cool. But, I mean, going out on a date or something, I've definitely dated non-vegans. Yeah. But I haven't been, like, in a relationship with a non-vegan yeah. in a long time. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about how single I am? You're single? Are you, are you ready to mingle? Not really. You're single, not ready to mingle. But people could, like, throw you a rose or their man underwear if they want Or just, to. like, tell me I'm pretty. I really need someone to tell me I'm pretty every day or, like, several people. But I don't think I want to be, like, in a relationship yeah. or anything like that. I just need, like, constant, you know, affirmation. I think you're pretty. Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. Is that... Every day? I could tell you every day if you want. Okay. 
Okay. If well, you have to send me like a picture every day, so I have something. Well, yeah, that's what Instagram's for. Oh, okay. Well, I'll start commenting that. Not that that's appropriate. Just that I'm pretty. Yeah, that's. I'm just like, all right, let me put up a selfie. I don't do it too much, but then I just check all day and see if anybody says I'm pretty. Do you work every day? And that's my relationship. Um, yeah, probably in some capacity. I think I also yeah. work every day. But you know what is work? Just kidding. I yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I'm I like you know writing cookbooks, working on the restaurant, just printing menus. Yeah, there's always something to do. But I don't mind because not that I don't mind, but obviously I'm doing something I love doing, so I'm really lucky. And I don't know. I don't. I this is the most downtown downtime I've had in a really long time mm-hmm. because this restaurant's not open yet mm-hmm. and I'm finding it very difficult so I'm working on like an album what do you mean an album I'm like writing music you are mm-hmm. what kind of music what kind mm-hmm. um just like k records jangly shit really singer just songs yeah I love that <laughs> Yeah, um, and I, I haven't really found people to play with here, so um, I'm still looking for that, which would be cool. Omaha was good for that because everyone's like got a setup in their basement, but obviously New York is a little bit harder. Yeah. But yeah, I just sit with my guitar and amp and make songs. So hopefully, hopefully, I can actually release them. I will buy your album. Thank you. You're I'll go to your show and just be like, "You're pretty." Yeah. Hey, remember when we hosted Vegan Trivia? That was so fun. Yes, when we we were the co-hosts of Vegan Iron Chef. Yeah, that's right. We're so good. I know. I don't remember what questions we asked. Um, you had a lot of Lassie questions. I had like why I don't. I was like, oh, I I have some questions. They were questions about like the original Lassie TV show from like yeah, the 50s. you had a lot of that. <laughs> Very I <topical>. remember. <laughs> yeah, asking questions about facts of life. And then, like, a lot of um, Alicia Silver, Alicia, whatever, Silverstone questions. But also, like, really weird old Portland food, like, Portland restaurants. Oh, there was, like, questions. how many, yeah, totally. And how many grams of protein in, like, a Tofurky brat or something. You're like, seven million! Yeah, it was seven million. That's the, that's the, that was the answer. That was really fun. I would, I wish that I could host things like that all the time. I told them, I was yeah. like, anytime you need a host, oh, they let me judge I judged a macaroni and cheese competition. Ooh. That was fun. When was that? It was a couple years ago. I host maybe a year and a half ago. I hosted it with Danae from Portobello. Right. And Sanjay from the Sudra. Okay, cool. And who won? This, like, guy with, like, a lot of body modification happening on his head that worked at um, Paradox that made... A vegan, gluten-free mac and cheese, and a lot of the cheese was like very vegetable-based. Okay. Like it was like a. Long Did anybody enter food. and have like a day on mac and cheese or anything? I don't think so. If they okay. did, I erased it from my memory. Okay. There was one that had like some kind of fake meat that I, in my notes, I was like, tastes like a like a dog treat. Like that was like this is the one that had a dog treat on top of it because it was something that tasted like Stonewall Jerkay. Okay, I've never had that. You haven't. No. It just like tastes like a, what you think a dog to- treat would taste like. Right. I would like millet and no, like a, mar- like a meat, marmite. Like a like a real chewy, smoky meat. I'm a cat person. I'm I don't know. Per- I don't know. Just imagine a dog chewing for like a really long time. Something that probably okay. tastes like weird fake beef. 
That's what you want in a mac and you want to chew your mac and cheese for a long time. <laughs> no, I think that dog treat was on top of one of the mac and cheeses as part of the plating. Okay, and it was, was like, like This is the one that had a dog treat on top. But we should host another thing another time. We really should. You have to come to Brooklyn. I will come to Brooklyn. Actually, yeah, I'll come there. Come here. I'm gonna come there. Come here. Um, you know, if you need me to like find you bodyguards on Craigslist because you talk so much shit about Portland. I know. Before you come. Wait, do you have any other shit to talk about Portland? Oh, yeah, but we can do that in private. Okay. But, um, but I do love it there. I just, it's my, it's my, like, escape place. It shouldn't be my home. It's, like, my escape. And I don't think you should move to your escape is what I learned from living in Portland. Because mm-hmm. now I go and I fucking love it. And I'm like, it smells so good. It's so beautiful. People are so nice. The vegan food is so great. Then when I lived so, when I lived there, I, the, my, those weren't my feelings. Yeah. So I'm glad um, that I ha- that I still have it as my escape. It does feel like my retirement community. Yeah. A little bit. I did feel retired there. And I do go other places for work and to collect money, and then I bring the money back to my retirement home. Right. Because there's no money here for me. Okay. I make literally zero of my income from Portland. I realize. Whoa. Yeah. Or maybe like this year, I made like 2% of my income from Portland itself. So I'm really just here. Living. I'm just living. Living the life. I'm just chilling. Um, What is your favorite go-to convenience food right now? Are you still eating microwave burritos? What? What are you talking about? That's all I tweet about. I am, but I haven't, I haven't been lately here for some reason. I've been, um... What, what the hell have I been eating? Like, I just had a banana. I saw that. It's just been, like, convenient food. Yeah, a banana and, like, a pretzels. Hard. I don't have, yeah, just, like, hard, salty pretzels maybe with sesame seeds on them. But just, that's just convenience food. I don't, um, there's, like, because I moved here, well, because I'm in Brooklyn now, there's, like, I can eat whenever I want, wherever I want. So it hasn't really been like that. Sometimes I'll just have like, I guess this is another really good one. It's just like toast. I really like Miyoko's butter. Have you had that? No. So toast with Miyoko's butter and Maldon has been like. um, What's Maldon? It's like a really, really flaky sea salt. It's British. It's insane. It's so crunchy and wonderful. And all of the shapes, it's like a fractal. It's beautiful. And so you get crunch and salt and I really like when salt is like um, clustered. It's not like the whole thing is over salted, but like little hits of it in your food. So it's that's perfect for me. So like that and avocado toast. Mm. Those would be my convenience foods. And yes, there's been a microwave burrito or two thrown in there. I had my first microwave burrito in years a couple months ago. It was delightful. Did you think of me? I did think of you. <laughs> my friend was like, "Oh, I can make these microwave burritos," and I was like. Oh, weird. And then I was like, oh, Issa has been, like, living off of these. Yeah. Really? I'll tap that. And then it was surprisingly <laughs> totally great. I ate the whole thing. Was it Amy's? No, it was, like, a Trader Joe's one. Oh, okay. Then of all some veggies and some refried beans. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I want to tell you that I, I really don't love palm oil. That's what I want to tell you. I don't use palm oil. I love Ever. It. I in love anything. Thank you. I use um, coconut and olive oil for all my pie crusts and really all my baking. 
Uh, and yeah, I avoid it like the plague and I very much regret the nineties. I get really bummed out when I'm like, even like the vegan stores or whatever, and there's products and I'm like, this looks so cool. And like snack products. And then there's palm oil always just like jammed in there somewhere. Yeah. Like, it's I- pretty hard to avoid right now. I think, um, I don't know. I'm really hoping, hoping, hoping that a lot of the companies using it will, because there's, I mean, there's such a, there's so much information about it now, even though they're like, it's sustainable. It's not where the orangutans are just realizing you can only grow it around the equator where there's precious fucking rainforests. So no matter what, it's fucked up. So anyway, I'm hoping that these companies um, start really researching the alternatives. And I think that they will, and they must be. Yeah. Especially, you know, I mean, Earth Balance. They must be looking for another yeah. option. And I like the, the Miyoko's butter is completely, and there's no palm oil in it, which is awesome. That makes me happy because I bought, I bought some bread, and I was having toast, and I was like, I'm not buying Earth Balance. But my roommate had Earth Balance, and she's yeah. never home. So I've been like taking a slice at a time off of her like little and stick. crying, and then I was like, uh, "Somebody broke in and ate a piece of your butter." I don't know what happened. Uh, I made a police report because I can't. <laughs> I don't want to buy it, but I do want to eat it. Well, it's so good. But so but, the miyoko's yeah, one is good. The miyoko's is good, and then I'm. I also just do like um, olive oil and maldon. Like I'm really happy with that on toast, um, even if it's like a flavor, like a garlic oil or truffle oil whatever, like, um, and some, you got to get Maldon. I, I don't work Maldon. for, I don't work for the Maldon lobby, but I just, <laughs> I just love it. If you, if you love salt. So yeah, it's been, it's not been hard avoiding it. Like for me uh-huh. as a restaurant owner, I know a lot of vegan restaurants depends on it. And I can tell you that you don't have to, cause I used it zero times. <laughs> that makes me really happy. Me too. It's like such a pain in the... Okay, well, thanks for talking to me for the podcast. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you soon, here will, or there. I will see you soon. Good luck with the restaurant. Thank you, honey. Uh, and Good luck with everything. Thank you. And I'll let you know in this post. Bangatang, like, with his head chopped off. Yeah, oh. totally. Yeah, also, I stopped, and my, my cookbooks don't use it anymore either. When I did the Vegan with a Vengeance reissue, I took all of palm oil out, so... So, yeah, it's possible. It's very possible. Just think about all this... All the time we spend, come, like, there's there's vegan meringue now, and there's, you know, flax eggs. So one more thing that we need to come up with alternatives for is really not such a big deal in our resourceful, caring vegan community. It's true. We can do better than palm oil. We can do better. Lastly, what... What do you are there like what do you think is the vegan food trend of now? I think that there was like Brussels sprouts was happening, buffalo cauliflower is happening right now. I wonder what's next. Or yeah. what do you see? I always feel like like um have you seen rice paper bacon? No. Okay. That's the next big thing. Um I mean aquafaba is still really happening. What's that? 
It's the vegan meringue from chickpea water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morgan's been really talking that up to me, and it sounds... Has she been using it? She's been using it, and every time I see her, I'm always like, ew, and she then she talks me into it, and I'm like, okay, I'll try it, and then we have the same conversation well, again. it makes sense, because whenever I've made... When I make hummus, I always use chickpea water in it, because it fluffs it up. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I heard of it, I was like, duh. Mm-hmm. I thought of this. I'm just kidding. No, just, like, it you totally makes it? sense, but I actually haven't used it yet, but I think... Rice paper bacon is a big trend right now. Just making bacon out of everything is a pretty big trend. Um, I mean, coconut I feel bacon like happened. Coconut what? Coconut bacon happened. Yeah, shiitake bacon, eggplant bacon, carrot bacon. Mm-hmm. So right now, rice paper bacon is having its moment. Hmm. Weird. I'll try Yeah. That. I'll try any of yeah. those. Is that what are you excited about? What am I excited about? And in, in, in the food world, yeah. I'm excited about more and more places opening and not being like processed, um, you know, store-bought food that you can throw together at home. I'm more excited about like homemade vegan food and just like how creative and inventive and focused on, you know, beans, greens, veggies, grains. I'm just excited about that. And I see that happening more. Um, I think we had like kind of a slump in the 2000s because of a certain processed cheese and a lot of people stopped making sauces and just put this certain processed cheese on everything that to me tastes like melted crayons. That's how it tastes when I try to feed it to non-vegans. They're like, is this just plastic? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I feel like I'm just super excited about nut-based cheeses and about um, local veggies and smoking things and grilling things and like coaxing flavor out of, you know, wonderful vegan foods that don't come from a factory. I love that too. And your restaurant being in Brooklyn and Lagusta now having a shop yes. in New York, like I'm just going to... I'm going to go hog wild in every sense of the word. Yeah. I'm just going to be like running down the street with just like a. So many vegan bacon. Like a Santa sack on my back of just like vegan food. Yeah. There's so much good stuff right now. Um, And I have this really great couch. um, So you can stay on it. I want to. Yeah. You have to. I I wish, even though I don't want this to be um, a video podcast because of my hair right now i wish it was so i can show you how this fucking couch folds out can you show me how comfortable it, like? it is let me see what it looks like okay what, what color is it oh it's beautiful it's gray yeah and this folds out and it doesn't look like it does it's crazy it's like crazy 2001 space odyssey technology i love it i'll come there and i'll sleep on your couch when does your restaurant open that's a good question but i'm hoping by september and do you identify with any of the golden girls in particular yeah. Can you get, you couldn't get Smith signed, but can you guess which golden girl? Well, you remind me of Dorothy, but I also see Thank you. maybe you're a bit of a Blanche. <laughs> yeah. Not, I not can in see that. No, in the sluttiness. In the sluttiness only. Yeah. No, I can see that. You're Dorothy sass. with like a Blanche but, flair. But I, I f- like, I feel Dorothy or she's more, she's my, aspiration i want to be dorothy so i can't say you know 
that's who I feel I'm most like, but that's who I most want to be like. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think that you're nailing it. Thank so you. Know. And your nails look nice too, just so you know. Yeah, and I'm pretty. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. If you would like advice on a future podcast, call our hotline and leave a message, 971-361-9998. You can even disguise your voice if you'd like. In fact, we insist.